Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Holy heartbeat! Welcome to another episode of the Open Mic Podcast. Excellent! With your host, Brad Allen. Well, isn't that extra special? Recorded live at Bay Area Studios. Join Brett each week as he interviews celebrities, influencers, authors, high-level entrepreneurs, and much more. At the open mic, no topic is off limits. Giddy up. And you never know who may stop by. Now, here's your host, Brett Allen. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Open Mic Podcast, a pop culture podcast. It's your host, Brett Allen. And on the show today, we have the very talented, super legit Sam Be Yourself from Netflix's Rhythm and Flow Season 1. And uh, he is a super great guy and just a lot of fun. I'm excited for you to check out the interview. We're getting close to Christmas. Hopefully everybody has all of their Christmas shopping done and completed. I know I have a few more things to buy and uh, we will be on our way. Yeah, Santa's checking his list and checking it twice and finding out who's been naughty or nice. Are you on the naughty list or the nice list? Um, In any case, let's get to our interview on the line. Sam, be yourself. Welcome into the podcast. It's good to have you today, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it. How you doing? Doing good. Well, if you're just now tuning in, it's reality television show week or month on the podcast. We've had a couple castmates from the A&E Breakout Show 60 Days In, but getting the inside scoop to that, we had Ashley and we've got Mark coming on here. So stay tuned for those interviews. They'll be dropping soon. But we have another amazing guest on the show from the Netflix Breakout series Rhythm and Flow, which honestly, I just discovered a friend of mine, Isaac. He's a hip-hop cat, friend of mine. We've been listening I've been friends for over a decade, and he's like, dude, you have to check this show out on Netflix, Rhythm and Flow. I was like, sweet, I'll check it out. And you were on this show, Sam. Sam, be yourself. And we're going to dig in and just talk about all of this. Sam, how are you doing? What's been going on with you lately? Um, Yeah, man. It's uh, Obviously, it's been a pretty pretty wild year, to say the least. Um, but yeah, no, just, just uh, trying to kind of stay busy as much as possible. Um, you know, always recording music, always working on stuff. and. Um, just steadily trying to trying to keep working and um you know f- find uh find an opportunity to make some uh make some money where, wherever we can with you know shows being completely done so i would say you know at the earliest maybe next spring next summer um with the exception of probably doing it outdoors and stuff like that so we're just trying to maintain man just just keep making music pretty much well you're in detroit i think it should be noted so outdoor shows might be <laughs> a bit of a challenge i would say because you probably have snow and it I imagine it's probably like bone chilling cold where you're at. Yeah, it's snowing as we speak, man. Um, I was able to sneak in a few outdoor shows here in the Detroit area before it got too cold. Um, basically, everything was shut down for a while. And then they here in Michigan, they reopened restaurants and stuff of that nature. Like now you can go sit inside, but with a distance, you know, capacity limit. And um, you can do some concerts and stuff like that if you have a nice outdoor venue space. So I was able to sneak in a few uh, before it got too cold. But yeah, it's definitely definitely a, a wrap for that until uh, springtime <laughs> at the very earliest. Yeah, I've been following you on social media and just kind of I, I social stalking, I guess you could say, just to see what you've been up to and that sort of thing. And you've been very busy just working and producing and that sort of thing, right? That's that's pretty much filled your time. Yes. Yep. Working on 
music every single day, you know, pretty much, whether that's, uh, you know, mixing and mastering some records that are done that I plan on putting out or, you know, making new songs from scratch, writing and producing for other people, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that that aspect keeps me busy on the daily. So, yeah, it's it's, it's been fun to actually just kind of kind of shut down for for i mean obviously it's going on for too long now we thought this was only going to last a few months or something and a year later almost here we are but yeah it's it's been nice just to kind of shut down and just really hone in on the music and really not have to worry about too much else um for a few for a few months so it's been nice it's really helped me creatively yeah and of course getting to spend time with family of course is important right i'm sure that's been a fun experience everybody being at home all at the same time how, how have you managed all of that? I'm sure, does that affect your creative process at all? Or do you just make sure that you carve out certain pieces of your day and just say, hey, I got to write, I got to create and that sort of thing? Yeah, so I'm, I'm lucky in that sense. I live in an apartment, just myself, my girlfriend uh, and my dog. So um, no really qualms there. Like he's very understanding. Like if she comes home from work and I'm working on some stuff, you know, trying to keep it down kind of thing. So uh, it's, it's been, it's been pretty easy there, but to the first part, what you're saying, it, it, it was really, it was really awesome creatively at first. Cause it was like, wow, man, social media is right now is literally like, it's like a club, you know, it's like going to a packed bar right now on these, in, on these social media sites. Cause everyone's not working, quarantining, doing whatever. So like, it was fun and it was, and it was great at first. So I was, you know, doing all these different freestyle videos and. I did a quarantine freestyle series basically where I was trying to put one out every couple of days where if it was a beat I made or just like a classic hip hop beat, I do a little freestyle, post it up on my social media sites and they, they started getting such good traffic and shared so much that people were like, dude, you got to release these. So in the summertime, I, uh, I took a lot of quarantine freestyles and packaged them up, at least the original tunes that I produced and uh, packaged them up and put them out in a mixtape called uh, the isolation chamber. So it has been fun. Um, but now it's getting to that point where it's like, okay, okay, man. Um, you kind of have to slow down and stuff and kind of, and, and, and kind of start really honing everything in because as a musician, as an artist of any kind, it doesn't matter if you're an actor or a singer or a rapper or whatever, in order to find inspiration, it's like, you have to go through stuff, right? You have to travel. You have to meet new people. You have to go through sketchy situations. You got to do these different things and live life in order to gain that experience. And nobody's been living life, you know? So it's getting to the point where now it's redundant. And it's like, man, I need to see some palm trees and I need to put my feet in the sand and I need to like chop it up with random locals and random cities, just how it was before everything shut down. Um, so yeah, it, it was fun at first, man. Everyone was kind of just like, it was like a snow day every day. And now it's like, <laughs> And now, and now it's just, you know, it's, it's getting old, man. So <laughs> that's where I'm at mentally with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way I was working. Uh, I had started a new job back in January. I'm in the wine business by trade. I was sharing that with your manager. So he was like, so what do you do? Do you do this full time? And I'm like, well, I sell wine. I'm actually working from home now, but I was in a different job and I got furloughed in February. So I just podcasted. I created kinds of content all day. I was recording. I was doing all these live streams. And about a month and a half, two months in, I was in the same position. I was like, okay, this was fun at first, but now it's like becoming stressful a little bit, trying to like create content and find people to talk to and all of that sort of thing. And then I kind of got hooked on television. But 
fortunately, you know, I'm able to work, but I, I get it because as you mentioned, a musician, a rapper, you have to have experiences. I was just watching this documentary last night on Disney Plus, the Taylor Swift documentary about her new album that she created in quarantine. I don't know if you're familiar with it or saw it, but I highly recommend it to our listeners. It talks about how she became bored as well, sitting around, started writing music, and then all of a sudden she had created an album and then found herself having to record it remotely and doing things that she had never done before. But I want to get to Rhythm and Full a little bit. Again, my friend Isaac, shout out to him. Decade lifelong friend. He's We've grown up together in the as far as music and experiences, and uh, he turned me on to this show. What a great show. This is one of the most interesting and unique things as far as music competitions that I've seen. It's definitely not American Idol. It's definitely not The Voice. It's very different. Now, this aired in 2019. There's a new season coming out next year, from what I understand. But I want to talk about just a little bit about how you found out about the show and what the process was for you in regards to auditioning and and kind of working down that gauntlet to where we saw you on TV competing. Uh, yeah, it was very simple. Basically, one day out of nowhere, Chance the Rapper had posted on his Instagram um a little screenshot of like the notes app from his iphone just and it said me ti and cardi b are doing a show on uh netflix uh send your music to this link and it basically was like an application forum fill it out where you're from life story links to your music yada 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 right and when i first saw it because i followed chance obviously so i'm looking at it and i'm like oh yeah whatever man i don't even think they mentioned netflix i think they just said we're doing a hip-hop competition show i was like cool whatever 50 different friends and family members were just DMing that to me and tagging me in the comments. And I was like, all right, like, what do I have to lose? Right? Like I'm a struggling artist. I go to an open mic three nights a week. I'm, I'm still bartending and serving. Like what, what should, what, what else do I have to lose? So uh, long story short, I filled out the app later learned from the producers that like over 250,000 applicants wow. um, had had filled one of those out. Um, some of the uh, some of the contestants were recruited straight up. Like they went to the artist and was like, "Hey, sure. um, I, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I believe like Flawless is one of those cases because Flawless Real Talk had already he's already done like nationwide tours with big rappers like Tech Nine and stuff like that. So I think a few different people were actually just reached out to like, "Hey, man, we've been seeing you. We we really like what you're doing. We feel like you'd be perfect for the show." So I had to go through like bottom of the barrel. Now I have like 15 i have like 1500 instagram followers like 200 twitter followers my youtube subscribers are at like 150 like not i'm still just a nobody and um they kept reaching back out after i filled out the application they hit me up and they're like wow that stuff is great do you mind sending us a little audition tape so it's like a real world style like where i'm like hey what's up you sam 26 years old <laughs> real world <laughs> yeah yeah it was like a real they wanted you to send like a real world style audition kit because they wanted to see your mannerisms like how you talk how you carry yourself like like things like that so i do that a couple uh, another few weeks go by they send me a batch of beats they're like spit a freestyle to one of these and send it back did that so this is this is uh this all started like october 2018 now from october 2018 all the way to New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2018. It's just me going back and forth. I'm like sending them videos, sending them freestyles. 
telling them uh, my life story, just going back and forth. And it, it gets to be around around Christmas, New Year's. And I haven't heard from them in like three weeks to a month since like November. And I was like, ah, man, whatever. Like, it was cool. Like, at least I got through to them. Like, maybe some cool Netflix producers or like other people like heard my stuff. So maybe like something will just come out of that down the road. Who knows? And then New Year's Eve happens. I go back to work on like January 5th or whatever. It's like a Wednesday and I get an email and they're like, yeah, we need you to perform this Friday uh, for Chance and two celebrity guests judges. So I was like, holy shit, I got two days. They're like, we want you to perform that freestyle that you sent us to that exact beat that you chose. Auditions. Chance told me I was going to LA and that's how it happened. Wow. And on the show, for people who aren't familiar, it basically catalogs or documents a group of rappers, men, women, just a wide mix from their beginning to competition style to where there's a final and then there is a winner. I believe D Smoke wound up winning that particular Mm -hmm. season. And oftentimes in reality television, there are things that are happening that we see. We're only getting a small snippet of what's going on. I have to ask, do you feel like on these shows in particular, specifically with yourself, that there is a fair representation of you as an individual? Or is it just a bunch of stuff that's kind of sizzle clipped together and we're just getting a piece of who Sam is, if that question makes sense? Yeah, no, it makes complete sense. And you're, and you're right in that aspect. It does only show a piece. Um, of everything that goes down um and they're very selective and all the per- because they have to squeeze it into like an hour episode for 10 episodes in one season so like everybody's performances were like cut in half like they're taking whole sections out of like they took whole sections out of my cypher whole sections out of my audition whole lines out of my performances like they they, they cut everything they cut all those down so you might on some of these performances like you might have missed the best part of the song and like the 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 editors at Netflix who are editing the show, they're not, they might not be like savvy musicians or rap fans and be like, oh, that part's dope. We got to make sure that that lyric, that part of the freestyle gets in. Like, cause that shit was sweet. So like, yeah, you're only getting a peek. And what happens is, is Netflix is such a massive company that they contract out companies to shoot these shows, right? So the producers and stuff that we worked with and talked with on a daily basis, they're doing like, um, all these crazy reality shows that you see on like MTV, VH1, like The Love Beach and like My Ex is Coming Back, like all these different wild dating shows and shit. Too hot to handle so all were, of those, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they that's what they are used to doing. And this was like a completely different thing because they, they captured all these amazing shots. And like we go back to my hometown in Detroit. A lot of people just didn't get to tell their story because they don't, Netflix like doesn't care about that. So long story short, these production companies, they drop off all the footage. And I think they give them an edit of like, hey, this is how we chopped it up. This is how we think the 10 episodes should look. Cool. And then Netflix has their own team. And they're like, no, 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 no. Cut that out. Cut that out of here. Cut that out of here. This is the final <laughs> edit, right? So, because um, yeah, because they're used to doing those wacky uh, reality TV shows. So like they, these producers would like, you know, they, they kind of instigate some drama here and there. Like oh, you sure. do a one-on-one interview. 
yeah, you do a one-on-one interview and they'd be like, so-and-so said this about your performance. Like, what, what do you think? And you'd just be like, okay. So, yeah, they, and, and I think Netflix was like, no, we don't want this to be cookie-cutter drama. We want this to just be, like, straightforward. These are the contestants. This is what they can do. This is when they go home. Like, yeah. Yeah, I imagine I was going to say, if it's like any reality show, you definitely have producers who are oftentimes assigned to individual people and that's their job to produce them and get certain reactions and that sort of thing uh, out of you, right? To create drama. And there was a little bit of drama on the show, but not so much to where it just was overwhelming. Like, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, you know, the show Too Hot to Handle on Netflix, which I interviewed customers from that. And talking to them, you're like, oh, wow, I would have never imagined that it was that basic and straightforward like she was telling me that for her and i just say this as an example of how reality tv can work they already had her matched up with somebody long before she even wound up on the show before he wound up on the show and they just already chemically in chemistry had decided she's gonna wind up with this dude and they knew that it would work but i digress a little bit because you know it is what it is and obviously it has benefited you to a certain degree because you've been able to do certain collaborations with some really big names and in that sort of thing. And it's good to hear that you feel that there was a fair representation of you. I want to talk about your influences a little bit. And I have to be honest, you know, over time, probably in the last four or five years, I've been exposed to more types of hip hop and that sort of thing. I grew up in the church. I grew up, I did youth work and all kinds of stuff. So my influences would be what would be labeled as the holy hip-hop if you're familiar with that sort of thing guys like lecrae and andy minio i don't know if you know who those guys are in particular but just kind of different but i love hip-hop as a whole who are some of your influences that sort of inspire you to to create and who you want to not necessarily model yourself after but go hey these guys are legit and i kind of like their style and this is what helps divine me as an artist right um so yeah as as such a big fan of just music in general there's so many there's so many this this could be like a two-hour conversation within itself but i'm from i i grew up in a unique a unique um time in transition in hip-hop right so I obviously have those golden era 90s influences and loves, whether it's Wu-Tang, Nas, Jay-Z, A Tribe Called Quest, it, you know, Eminem um, to Ludacris to like all, Young Jeezy, all those guys that were like 90s and early 2000s. But then I was also in middle school and high school when there was like this brand new like rebirth of like hip hop where you're talking like your Wiz Khalifa's came in, your Drake's came in, your J. Cole, Kendrick, your Big Sean, like all these new guys that have now ushered in the, the, net, the last 10 years. So yeah, there's so many different, so many different influences I pull from, like as far as from like rapping standpoint, yeah, like the major influences in my ability to rhyme words would be your Jay-Z, your Nas, your Eminem, your Ludacris kind of thing. And then, and then as well as, as the newer generation, like the, the, the Drake's, the Kanye's, the, the Lil Wayne's and stuff like that, the Kendrick's. Um, and then, you know, from production standpoint, from a, just a sheer music production standpoint, making beats and things of that nature and incorporating different instruments. That's where my other love for other artists come in. Like my favorite guitarist of all time is a guy named Ace Freely from the band Kiss. So growing up in, in, you know, having my dad who is super, super well-versed in all kinds of music, as well as like 
primarily classic rock. So, you know, listening to like Jimi Hendrix and The Doors and stuff like that really taught me from an early age how to structure a song, right? Chorus, bridge, you know, uh, a verse, intro, outro, those kind of things. So um, there's so many different influences from, from all over, you know, it's just, it, it, it never really ends. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of heavy classic rock is what I listened to growing up. A lot of, a lot of pop rock, um, and pop punk and stuff like that. And then also, you know, diving into so many different kinds of hip hop and Detroit is such a massive mass. It's like where techno was invented. So it's like, yeah, so it's such a huge EDM city and house music as well. So the, and then, oh my God. And then you talk about Motown, man. We're talking like Barry Gordy and Michael Jackson and like, Stevie Wonder and Aretha Franklin. So it's just like, dude, the influences just come from all different angles, really. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's such an iconic. Question. Yeah, yeah. It's such an iconic place. And just it, there's so much history there. And I like to focus on the positive, not the negative so much, but it's just an eclectic city. I've never been, but just watching you on the show and and just hearing people tell stories about just the history of Detroit and that sort of thing. Looking back on everything that's happened in the last year from Rhythm and Flow to the hustle that you've been working on to now, is there anything, Sam, that you would do differently as an artist that might have changed your trajectory? Trajectory? I can't even, you know, trajectory. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's too early in the morning. Would you have done anything different or would you have kept everything the same? I guess that I'm not really because, I mean, you know, I still ended up on that show and it gave me a worldwide platform and it gained me thousands and thousands of fans and streams and all that good stuff. So I, I, I guess it's all it's all still on the right path for now, um, minus the whole COVID shutdown and stuff like that. But I would say the biggest thing is to just just do the very, very, very best you can to just not give a flying talk about what other people think because i had I, I had a before the show i i had a point you know there was a point where i was sitting on like four different full albums or mixtapes or whatever you want to call it worth of songs and i just wouldn't put them out because like i don't think they're good enough or like oh it's not ready or like it doesn't sound as good as this guy who's out and he's popping right now in detroit and like oh yeah and my friends would be like dude like this i'd play it for friends and family but like this is incredible why isn't this out like what do you so just self-doubt um a, a lot less because i don't know maybe if I would have put some, if I would have just put some of this music out or something, I don't know. I could have taken off with that. You know, it might have not even been a rhythm and flow situation if I would have just believed in myself a little bit more. And that and that goes to even like filling out the application for the rhythm and flow thing. I was like, you would never pick me. Like, I'm just some fucking white kid from Detroit, like who's on some fucking random stuff. You know, like they're they're not gonna they're not gonna pick me. My YouTube videos have like a hundred views, like, and it happens. So like that, just that push from other people telling me like, yo, you got this, man, just do it. You never know. What do you have to lose? So it just, just self-doubt. Just do the best, best, best you can to eliminate any self-doubt and just do, just put it out there. Put your music out there. Drop that video. Release that song. Even if you don't think it's ready, just, you never know. Yeah. Especially now where we are in such an age where it's so easy to create content, right? You know, there's hundreds upon hundreds of streaming platforms, YouTube. I'm not super familiar with it, but it just seems like even Instagram where you can literally just be anybody and put something out there and gain listens, gain watch, gain following right and and i think you've done a stellar job i think you killed it on rhythm and flow it was fun to watch that it's 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 a pleasure to chat with you and 
sort of catch up with you a little bit and just kind of hear your experiences on the show and that sort of thing. Would you do it again if you had the opportunity? Like if, if this hadn't happened and you found out about it now, would you have done it the same way? Would you have auditioned and, and uh, gone back on again? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't really know um, if I would. So there is, I remember specifically in the contract that we all signed um, that unless you made the top four, you're allowed to compete again. Okay. So I, I could see some kind of goofy scenario like for next season where they're <laughs> dun, like, dun. Uh, and cause there's 30, there's 30 rappers that went out for season one and like maybe they'll do 25 and then be like, Oh yeah, here's a twist. These five are back again and they're already experienced and like they, they have a, a leg up on you and like, <laughs> da, da, da. like I could see some goofy shit like that going down. Um, but I don't know, man. I just know, I just know at the end of the day. Um, and I know it's it, like, dude, they're not gonna, they're not gonna let me, um, you know, like run off with the grand prize or anything like that. So I, I just, I don't want to be known as that one white kid that lost rhythm and flow twice. You know, <laughs> like I don't want to, like, I, I'm not going out like that. So, um, that's funny. I, I would, I would definitely consider it. Um, I would definitely consider it, but they would have to bring a bag this time because it's like, bro, I already did it on season one. I got snubbed. You know how it was. Like, I, I did not have the weakest performance that night, and y'all still sent me home. So, if you want to use my, my likeness and, and, and this image that you built for me, if you want to use it, you better, we, we, we got to do better than, than what we, what we got paid last time, kind of thing. So, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's definitely something to think about. But at the end of the day, man, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm in, I'm in a position where I need to break out of that. Like, cool. That helped out tremendously. All eyes are on me now. Now it's time to like deviate and like actually grow as an artist kind of thing. But hey, if it if it makes sense, it makes sense. So it's That's definitely funny. not a no, but it's yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be known as the white kid that lost twice. <laughs> they, they, oh, that's that's exactly what would happen. They they would bring me back on there. They wouldn't. They they had to get they had to figure out a way to get rid of me because I was not going to go up there and bring something that was whack. I was not going to like. Right. I'm not going to write any. I'm not going to write any music that's terrible. I'm not going to go up there and have a trash performance. You're probably not like it's not. It's just not going to happen. So like you have to find a way to get me out of there. And like I don't think they're going to give me the grant prize. So well, very interesting. So if people want to follow you on social media, Sam, and connect with you, listen to your music and all of that, my friend, how can they do so? Yeah. So um, it's literally the handle on all platforms is just Sam. Be yourself. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel on um, all that stuff you know i'm on spotify i'm on itunes i'm on you know any 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 place that is streaming and selling music today I, i'm there all you got to do is just search my name yes and i would encourage people listening to our audience to purchase his music and help support him in that way we're just in this time again where it doesn't seem like a lot of people buy music anymore but i always recommend buy an album buy a mixtape if you can make a donation, send him a Venmo, give him some love because this guy, he's got a dog that he's trying to take care of. We can see it here. He's got a girlfriend. You know, the, the struggle is real, my friend. Last question I have to ask, and you can answer it if you want or you don't have to. Toughest judge to win over on the show. Toughest judge to win over just personality wise and connect with i would have to i would have to say chance i feel like he inadvertently became 
that like Simon Powell figure on the show. And I don't even think he meant to. He just like, he that dude's going to say whatever he feels like. He's not going to like hold back. He was, you know, all three judges are like, quote unquote, producers of the show themselves. So it's like, he's not going to hold back. Like, um, even though he was the one that was like, yeah, I, I co-signed this. This kid's dope. He can, he can come to LA and compete uh, for the, for the audition. Like, Every round was like tough, man. You really had to, you really had to bring like your A game to like impress him, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I would say, I would say chance. Like Cardi might crack a couple jokes on me or my appearance, but like she, she was like, okay, that's dope. She's like, I saw you, what you looked like. I didn't expect you to sound like that. So good, nice work. And and Ti was just dope. He was just a, he was like the most personable because he's much older. People forget. People forget that like Chance and Cardi are literally only like 26, 27 years old. So it's like they're my age, bro. And like I'm like, I just had to keep telling myself that. Like, why? Like, anytime, like in his late forties, right? He's older. Yeah, Ti was 50. the OG. Ti was the OG with like the wisdom. And, he, and even if you had a bad performance or stuff, he wasn't gonna shit on you. He was just gonna be like, Nah, sir, see that's not gonna work. You know, like he wouldn't. He just he was he was cordial about stuff like. Chance and Cardi, they would just laugh in your face if you had a bad situation on there. But um, yeah, so anytime I get nervous and stuff like that, I would just like remember, like, dude, these guys, they're your age. Like, it's, you've done this a million times, like, whatever. But yeah, to answer your question, uh, I think it would be Chance. Well, Sam, be yourself, the man with the plan. Thank you for being on my podcast. It's been an honor talking with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, brother. I appreciate it, man. Stay safe out there, all right? That brings today's episode to an end. Thanks for choosing to stop by and listen. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with a friend and hitting the subscribe button. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. Until next time, cheers.